Hey, this is Dave Ryder from New Spring Church here in beautiful Perth, Western Australia. Really praying that this message is going to help you. If you'd like some more information about our story, just head to newspring.org.au. All right, kitties, off to Kids Church. I wonder what you're doing in there today. Anything important? Oh, let's see what happens after the service. One of my favourite days of the year. Happy Mother's Day. No, 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 no. Hang on. Happy Mother's Day. Woo! All right. Hello, mothers, grandmothers, spiritual mothers, beautiful women in the house. And hello, men. We still love you today. All right. Thank you so much for coming, guys. And, um, yeah, we're just so excited to be here. And I'm really honoured to be able to share um, a little bit on my favourite day of the year, Mother's Day, and just um, what a beautiful blessing it can be. And I just want to encourage you that if you're a mum, obviously we are honouring you today. But if you are not a mum, please don't go, all right, now it's my time to go to sleep, check Facebook, organise my day because I'm not a mum. No, today I aim to give you some gold as well to take home. So please pay attention and let's see what God has for us. But um, yes, I am a mum. I have a 10, 8 and 6 year old now. Um, Super fun time of parenting, I think. And my beautiful man, Matt, down the front as well. And um, you know, our day, we sort of, I like a plan. I like to work with a plan. So what I do is at 6am I get up before all my kids so that I can pray, I can have a cup of tea, I can kind of start the day well. Then they usually get up about 6.30 and that's when, you know, we do exercise as a family just before we have breakfast. We get ready for school and we're out the door and then they're obviously doing their school thing while I'm doing my non-mum thing. We pick them up and then we're doing sports and so forth and it's a great time. And when we come home, um, we cook together every night, wash the dishes, sit down, read books, um, do all those beautiful things before singing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and them going to bed. Does that sound gorgeous? Does that sound true? It's not. My day isn't like that at all. Okay, now that's, that's probably what I thought it would be like before I had children. But no, no, there is no plan. There is a plan in my head. That plan never works. And matter of fact, my day is full of disruption. Is your day full of disruption? Being a mum or not, does your life go according to plan? No, no, it doesn't. I mean, we have this great idea, don't we? And um, I do admit, stereotype, but I do think mums are pretty good at going, this is the plan, this is how it's going to roll. And then we usually, by the end of the day, go, where was the plan? Okay, that is quite common for mums, but I do agree that also our days are full of disruption, aren't they? We have a plan and it doesn't work. Has anyone's life gone to plan in here? Put your hand up. Lucky because you would have to leave, okay? No, our life doesn't go to plan, does it? We have disruptive circumstances all the time. I mean, hello, the last year, did anyone plan a global pandemic? Anyone? No. (laughs) Um, All right, we've had a lot of change. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Did anyone think a couple years ago that we'd all be walking around in masks? Did anyone think that? Yeah. Hey? Oh, except for tradies. They're doing that every day. Um, All right. What about disruptive people in our lives? Is there anyone that you go, oh, it'd be a lot helpful if they weren't in the plan? All right. Maybe a a boss or, um, you know, your neighbor or maybe your partner. 
um, or your children or people that you go, oh, you don't really do things the way that I do them. And if you kind of got in line with my plan, life would be a lot easier. Does anyone have anyone like that in their lives? People can be a disruption. Men, put your hands down. This is not your day. <laughs> okay. They're like, yes, amen, preach. I told you there'd be something for you, didn't I? Yeah. So sometimes we have people that actually make us have to change our plan or, or shift or adapt. And we go, oh, okay, that's disruptive. You know, and I agree Partners can be like that too, right? Or the people that live in your house. If you, you know, live with your family or you have a roommate or someone, it's like, oh, you don't really do everything the way that I do it. You know, I like to actually scrub the toilet after I use it. Or, um, you know, I like to actually um, organise things in a particular way. And you spend your life having to reshuffle. I can see people rubbing the shoulders of their partners right now. Um, you know, um, I have to adapt and change because I live in a house with a lot of different people. What about having kids? Now, anyone who has birthed a child would probably tell you that's quite disruptive. Yeah, it is. It's a little bit of a shock to the system, isn't it? But one thing is we think about with having kids is we think about the mum and like the change for the mum. Well, I tell you, it's a change for the dad. It's a change for the children if there's siblings. It's a change for everyone that interacts with that person and that little baby because that amazing, beautiful disruption is another introduction of humanity that shifts everything around us. So your impact with that person may be really intimate or a little bit further away. But once again, we are all learning to shuffle and change as this beautiful delivery of another expression of humanity comes into our lives. There is amazing amounts of disruption in our lives and sometimes we can look at that and go, oh, that's not really how I want it to go or that was really hard or no, 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 that's wrong. That's not supposed to happen like that. No, it's supposed to happen like this or oh, I didn't get that right. I failed. That's mums are good at that one. Oh, I didn't go according to my plan. I'm not a very good mum. Yeah, or you might find if you're not a mum, oh, I'm not very good at that. Oh, oh, gosh, I failed at that. You know, sometimes when things don't go according to our plan and we have these disruptions, we turn it around, reflect it on ourselves and go, oh, I didn't do that very well. But what I want to look at today is actually reframing the way we see disruption as not something that is a failure or wrong or something that's bad, but actually as something that is a blessing. Now, that can be really disruptive because what if those things were not pleasant experiences, right? It's like, oh, that doesn't sound like a blessing to me. But let me encourage you that in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. See, we serve a God. If you've chosen to go, yes, God, come into my life, I choose to follow you. We serve a God that is so brilliant, so talented, so amazing, so far beyond our way of thinking and our plans that he can use everything for good for us. So those disruptions... All right, they might not feel nice, but if we understand our God, we can actually see them as oh, there's going to be gold in this. And although I don't have to enjoy this process, I can embrace it as a blessing. 
And so let's have a look more into that. So, do you know, neurologically, the way that God has created us actually um, explains that a little bit further. See, our brains are created to build new pathways. And you probably know that because it's starting to become more and more common understanding. See, we learn through novelty and repetition. All right, Novelty being fun and interesting and change and so forth and repetition being progressive. So, as we go into something new... That repetition reinforces the understanding of that. We create a meaning of something and we go, okay, when that happens, I feel this, behave this, etc. We build a pathway and when we have something similar, we build that and we become repetitive and understand something. So we learn to talk, we learn to ride a bike, we learn to understand the world, right? So when we get to the point that we've learnt that skill so much, that repetition, it becomes a subconscious program. See, 80% of what we do is a subconscious program. So when you say, oh, that's just me, that's just me, that's what I do, that's because you're so good at practising that skill that it's become so deep in your brain that you now do it subconsciously. So that's how our brain is created, to be efficient, so that we don't spend our lives going every morning, oh, okay, I have to learn everything again, but we can build on top of those things and build our amazing brains and our amazing abilities. But so that's like, you know when you are driving along, do you ever drive and then you're driving and all of a sudden you go, Oh, um, where am I? I don't, I don't think I've been thinking for the last like 10 minutes. And then you realise that you're on the same autopilot road that you've been using for so long that you were there anyway. Have you guys, do you do that? That autopilot, oh no, you're very attentive drivers. Okay, I'm sorry. There's four roads that I drive on every day and that's it. Don't drive on those um, because that's what I'm doing. Oh, oh, okay. That's your subconscious program, right? That you're so used to something so repetitive that it's become this like autopilot. Then that's not a bad thing. However, the other way we learn is novelty. What is novelty? Fun, spontaneity, change. How do we get that? Something has to change. Disruption. All right? So if we are going to take that from that autopilot where I've got to the point where I'm just like doing my day to actually learning, changing, shifting, growing, adapting, there has to be that other part, the disruption, the novelty. Disruption doesn't have to be something negative. It just has to be something different. Because as soon as we do that, then what we do is our brains go Bing! New idea, new experience, new skill. We light up and we have to pay attention and we have to learn. See, disruption gets us to pay attention. Disruption gets us to adapt. Disruption gets us to light up and it gives us a possibility to discover a new depth of what we can do. Now, those disruptions sometimes are small, easy, fun, lighthearted, and sometimes they're deep and dark and painful. But the blessing of disruption is that that's what grows us to something further, greater, and deeper. And that's how God has created us to be. See, if we get in that autopilot where we actually just do the same old every day, we go from our 
into our bed, the alarm goes off, we get out of the same side of the bed and then we go and do the same ritual with our same pattern and we eat the same thing for breakfast in our heated house and then we go to our heated car from our heated garage and then we drive down the same road to do the same thing. We can sometimes get into the point where we're just running on autopilot and then we start to look around and go, how did my life get here? What am I made for and what do I do and why is there not this joy and thrill and excitement anymore? And then this disruption goes and, you know, breaks us out of what we're going to do. And all of a sudden, we come alive again and we learn and we get deeper. Has anyone felt that before? Yeah. So, like, there's blessing in that. There's blessing in that. And God has created us with this ability to adapt and change and grow all the way into our old age, by the way. Just so you know, if you want to have a look at Dr. Caroline Leaf's work, that you have new neurons every morning until your old age that are ready to build new pathways, people in their silver generation. Um, so we have this ability to do that, to grow. Because if we get into autopilot, we're into the same old. You may have heard Albert Einstein's reference to insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting the different result. And if you've kind of got into the point where you like... Why are nothing, why nothing changing or why am I not growing or why am I not feeling this, this zest for life? Then maybe you've got into that plan and then we're going over and over again. And when a disruption comes, be it small or big, we push away and go, no, no, back to the plan. And we, we feel fear and we feel we need to protect ourselves from that. And we step away from this opportunity that can be a blessing to grow us further and deeper into what God has created us to be. So my encouragement for you today is to rethink these disruptions in our lives that, that disrupt our plan, that challenge us, that make us feel uncomfortable and, um, and go, well, hang on, what is the opportunity I have here? Is there something that I can use to grow? Is maybe the plan not going the way that I expected? Maybe that's normal and maybe that's good. And that doesn't reflect on me as I've, I've failed or that I'm not doing the right thing or this is something that is out of my control. But maybe this is an opportunity that I can take and see what God can do in that. Because remember, God uses everything to work together for good for those who love him. So it's just like when you're driving, you know, autopilot, if you're listening to your nav and your nav's like, turn left at the next thing and then do this and then do that. And then you miss a turn. And then what does it say? Recalculating the route. All right. And so it's not, oh, stop, you failed. Okay. Stop driving. The, the car just, right, failure, the end. No, just recalculating, recalculating. Let's try this again. Let's go on the next one and go back around. I mean, sure, it might be a little bit more of a complicated route. It might take a bit longer. It might not be as straightforward as we expected. It may not be the plan. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to get to where we're going to go. You might find that you found a beautiful road or a lovely cafe or something different, that that recalculated change actually brought you something better than if you just stayed on that route. So sometimes recalculating change, disruption, is something that we can open our eyes, pay attention and enjoy the blessing that we've been given. 
Now, that's easy when it's the super fun things, right? But what about when you have those really difficult ones? So has anyone ever had an experience in their lives where they say, that really shaped me, that was really hard, I do not want to go through that again, but I will not give up what I got from it? Has anyone had those experiences? Yeah. I've got some of those, and I would love to share one with you today, which is actually to do with my mum. So I'm very lucky to have a mum who, um, you know, put a lot of effort in when I was a kid. Um, one of the main things I really love is she used to get those, um, okay, this is really showing, I suppose, my decade, which I'm now realising there's been a further and further distance. But my mum used to look in the newspaper, yes, at the TV guide, <laughs> yes, and look at the midday movie on a Saturday and when it was like some old musical or, um, you know, art kind of movie, she would read me the synopsis to explain about the history of it and then I would watch the movie. Now, I realised that I, I grew up then to be a drama and theatre teacher, all right? So she's built this joy in me of all this art history and performance and musicals and things because she used to do that. Um, she also used to do lots of crafts with me and she'd come to assemblies and all those kind of things. And she put a lot of effort into making those conscious um, decisions to be a mum like that for me. But one thing my mum also did was she also struggled with severe depression, so throughout my whole life, every second year or so, she wasn't able to look after me. And so then either I've got a dad and I've got three other brothers, and depending on what age we were and when dad was working, sometimes I had to go live with somebody else. Sometimes we had to pick up slack and we had to do a lot in the house. And there was a lot of actual things that went up and down, up and down. And obviously you never know when that's going to change. And so that was also really challenging for me as a child, very disruptive because you've got this mum, wonderful mum sometimes, and then she's not there the next. And as an adult, learning to understand that through an adult mind, because obviously as a child, it's very confusing. Um, through a lot of help and a lot of discussion and so forth, I actually seem to realise that that wasn't necessarily a loss, because although it was very difficult... Matter of fact, the fact that my mum was like that actually created me to be very independent. And me being independent is one of my most thing, the things that I love the most about myself. So my mum having a deep struggle actually created something beautiful in me. So it wasn't the perfect mum, the great mum, the mum that always got it right, the mum that, you know, was doing paper mache book week designs. Who are those mums? not me, okay, you know, she wasn't one of those, like she was doing, she gave me all she had, but then there was this other part which is an extreme disruption, but that disruption built something beautiful in me because God works everything together for those who love him. So then instead of as a child, that confusion, that misunderstanding, this actually became something that I could look at and see the gold in this gift, this disruptive blessing in my life. Does that mean it's fun and easy? No, you don't have to enjoy them. But just realising there's gold in it and that we can actually embrace that part of the disruption. We can see the blessing. We can push into that experience and take the opportunity to grow. Disruption can be a blessing. Things that break the plans of your life can be a blessing. Now, they might be something big like that, and you might be able to go, mm, yeah, I know I know mine. 
I know those disruptions for me because they're pretty pointed usually. You can probably pick those pretty quickly. And for you, you might be like, yes, I know that feeling. They've become a blessing for me and I can look back on those things. Or you might be the person that's right in the thick of this disruption. They go, I don't feel like that at all. This feels awful. I don't know what you're talking about. And that's okay too, because you serve a God if you've allowed him into your heart and you can do that today that actually can take the disruption you're in, take the storm that you're in and can turn it around for good for you, that can grow you and make something beautiful out of these disruptions. So wherever you are, if you can look back and go, yep, I can contest to that, or if you're thick in the middle, that's okay, God's still the same. So they're the big disruptions we have. But then we have people disruptions, and we spoke about those before. Sometimes you look at people and you're like, ah, why can't they just be different? You know, (laughs) why can't they just be more like me? Or why can't they just not do that anymore? And um, yeah, sure, that would be easier. But would it be a blessing and more beneficial to us? Because I know for myself that the people I live with who can be my greatest challenge, I'm sure they'd probably think the opposite as well, um, actually constantly challenge me to reflect on who I am and actually point me more towards God and the way that I can be more like him because they go, why do you do that? You know, even my kids do that. Oh, no, 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 hang on, hang on. You know, mom, why do you do that? Like every time we say that, you have this tone, you know. <laughs> and you've got to be very humble because you know they're right. Like when, when your children start teaching you, you're like, oh, okay, this is humility and a half, isn't it? But they can. If we allow little people, be them your own children or the little people that you interact with or the young adults or the people like that, that you go, hey, listen here, little upstart. Okay, let's give you another couple of years on your belt before you start telling me what to do. That's what we want to do. But then if you think about it, like, oh, wow, out of the mouth of babes, don't we say that? There's so much beauty in what little disruptive people who see the world totally differently to us can teach us. And that can be something where they challenge something that we could do better or where they actually bring the joy of the world back to us. I mean, like, you think about it, you, you throw a kid out on an oval and we go like this, oh, I'm just checking my phone, put my sunny on because it's sunny and sit down in, over here. And they go, wow. We should do that. Next time you go to a park, run around and scream like them and see how much better you feel. The disruptions that they do for us, they remind us of how wonderful the world is. So those little people and also our partners, if we want to go like, hey, like actually allowing them to um, challenge us and um, embrace that and allow them to go like, hey, let's work together, that we're not perfect separately, but together we can be an amazing team and you've got my back. Like that's a beautiful thing. And I know that for my husband, um, he does that a lot for me. And especially that I'm usually more of like the focus on the negative. So I'm like, oh, what if this doesn't work? And he always says, but what if it does? And I know there's many things I've tried because he constantly challenges me to look in a different way. So the people around us can teach us to look at things a different way. If we've got a boss or a colleague or a neighbour or a family member that we go, oh my gosh, would they just not do that? Hang on a minute. What if they actually teach us to adapt, even if it's grace and humility? 
Maybe you have a boss that you're better at their job than they are. But what if you help them grow that business? Maybe you have um, a mother or a father that you parent them more than they parent you. Well, maybe there's grace and humility that God can turn that around for you. Um, He's so brilliant. Our God is so far beyond who we are that he can take these disruptions and if we choose to accept them and step into them, he can then take us forward into something that is different. What about these little daily disruptions? Because, you know, not everything has to be profound, right? What about when you're stuck in traffic? What about if it's like, thank you, this is an opportunity for me to pause and I, you know, and I can have a little bit longer of listening to that podcast or a little bit more silence as I, before I go into the business of the world. What if there's actually opportunities to practice that acceptance and that joy in those disruptions, even in the small? What about, you know, paying attention to when you get a hug from somebody. I find that like I'm cooking dinner and everything's busy and all of a sudden there's like a little fuzzy head that like hits my thigh and sometimes I'm like, get off, like I'm trying to cook and then I've got to go, hang on, (laughs) Matthew, we're in church. (laughs) Oh, that's really embarrassed me. (laughs) The six-year-old um, <laughs> grabs onto my thigh and, um, and it's so easy to go, um, get off, get off and stop. I should just move on. <laughs> and, um, and what happens is I have to stop and I've got to remind myself what's really important, that not for that much longer am I actually going to have those little people that are going to come and disrupt my plan and hug me at the most inappropriate, difficult times and that remind me, they look up and go, I love you, mum, you know? And so it's like remembering what's important. Those disruptions help us do that. And we can even create these disruptions for ourselves and for the people around us. See, um, my, my kids, when they come up to me and they say, Mom, I'm bored. I go, excellent. You're about to get a new idea. Okay, because that's how our brains work, right? Can you tell, tell what their mum does? I'm always talking about the brain. So, um, so they go, I'm bored, I'm bored. Excellent, you're about to get a new idea. Because when your brain all of a sudden has that tension and they're not really thinking, it's going to go bang into something new and you're going to be amazed. And they go, oh. And they walk off. But in about 20 minutes, I see them and they're like sitting quietly and they're creating something, they're doing something, etc. And they're gone. And you just think, go like, oh my gosh, it worked. But we can create those disruptions for ourselves and for others. See, we can consciously challenge ourselves. So if you actually want to grow and, you know, um, expand and grow, I want to put that fire in my heart. I want to do those things. Maybe go and do something challenging. Create something outside of your box for you to try. Now, they can be big, like you could skydive. Right? Has anyone skydived in here? Guys, only me and Pam. All right, everybody, homework for this year. You're signing up for skydiving. It, it's worth it, right, Pam? Yeah? It's amazing, okay? You want to you get out of your comfort zone? Go do something like that, all right? Maybe you want to try something that um, terrifies you. You know that, that meme that says, try something that terrifies you every day, right? Maybe a disruption that actually goes, hey, what am I capable of? You will be surprised at the potential God has placed in you 
that you are far greater than what we always perceive ourselves to be, that we can do those things. And it's not about challenging and risking and growing for the sake of, you know, trying to tick a box, but actually, you know, coming alive and coming closer to God and enjoying his world and enjoying the human experience that he's gifted us with. But then there's also those conscious disruptions that we can do, like rest and meditation and fasting, those kind of things that that, um, God says, take time out and do something different to give yourself space to think, to reflect, and actually come closer to me, right? So disruptions aren't always crazy and, uh, you know, um, energy-packed, but sometimes it's, hey, take time out to pray. The world is very busy. The world is very noisy. The world has a lot of opinions. And just think about it. How many day um, hours do you spend TV, social media, radio, all these kind of things where the world is pumping the message full in comparison to prayer and the Bible and time out. Have a think about that. And that's not a judgment. That's an encouragement because if you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. I feel so flat. I feel like, you know, the world's just coming in on me. Maybe it is. Maybe the world is coming in on you. Maybe like four or five hours a day, it's coming in on you. So how about we then go, let me disrupt this pattern and maybe I'm going to turn that off and maybe I'm going to stop and maybe I'm going to go for a walk or maybe I'm going to go out in the bush or maybe I'm going to start to create these actual patterns that are going to disrupt that plan of what I'm used to and I'm going to consciously decide to actually take time out to focus on the God that is so much greater than this world around us and make change for ourselves. Um, I did something similar to this with my kids a couple of years ago. Matt and I found that they were really um, not being very grateful for their things. And um, we were like, you know, mum, I don't want to eat this. This, this is Michael McIntyre. I totally get it. I don't want to eat this. It's disgusting. Matt and I say that all the time. It's disgusting. And um, I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your homemade cooked meal. I'm really sorry that you had to eat that um, healthy, you know, full of flavour. That was hard, wasn't it? Or I'm sorry, um, your 20 toys not enough, okay? Or the two, the sports that you play or the nice school that you go to. And so we're talking about this and this is not the kind of thing that we want our kids to start to get an idea that this sense of entitlement, this sense of this is normal and this is not something to be grateful for. So what we did is we actually took every toy out of their room and we put the rug over the TV and there was no TV allowed and everything but books and outdoor toys was gone. So easy to clean up, by the way. (laughs) And we said to them, we're not trying to punish you, even though they were like, why? Like they really really didn't like it. So we're not trying to punish you. We want you to show show you what's really important in life and that you don't need all these things to be grateful and that you can have joy. Now, I tell you, after like two days of them like grieving, I mean like grieving, all of a sudden we saw this new change of where, you know, a piece of paper or something came amazing where they had um, a billion different paper planes flying up and down the hallway or they were playing with each other and they were laughing and they were less stressed and all those kind of things. Like sometimes we need to shift and disrupt the way we do things to reflect back on what God has for us, what's really important in life. So maybe you need to do something really crazy today or maybe throughout this week, maybe you could have dinner underneath the dining room table. 
Why not? Or dance around your living room if you don't already do that. Who dances around their living room? Okay, good. Skydiving and dancing around living room is now on the homework list. Get up on the wrong side of the bed. Do you know that your brain will actually have to build a new pathway if you actually get up on the wrong side of the bed? True, okay, doing something different. Flipping around your plan in the morning actually gets you to once again come alive and build those things. Um, maybe learn a new game. Do something of novelty and fun and joy and bring those things back in. Let's start with the little disruptions so that we learn how to embrace them, to change, to grow, so then we can take those into the big ones. And we can actually acknowledge and embrace that our God is a God that uses everything for our good. And then when those harder things come in life, we're prepared because we've given our God space to grow that in us and we can step into that opportunity and we can go, I can do this with God. I don't have to love it. I don't have to find these hard things joyful, but I know that my plan isn't everything. I know that plans always get disrupted. It doesn't reflect on me and my value and if I failed or not, this is just what life is and I can embrace that disruption and walk it with a God that is amazing and we can take as mothers we can take our children through that we can embrace that we can get them to know that when their plans are disrupted or things don't go according to plan they lose the running race instead of win the running race that it's like hey this is a good thing for you we can learn through this let's embrace that and we can do that for ourselves and for others so be surprised and amazed and open-minded and dig deep today that you have a God that is far greater than your plans and that those disruptions are a huge blessing for us. See, our Jesus himself was the greatest disruption, wasn't he? I mean, here's, here's people waiting for a Messiah. A Messiah that's going to come in on a horse and he's going to lead, you know, the Israelites to then take over the land. And we're going we're to be dominating and we're going to have no one, you know, at the head of us, but we're going to reign. And then a baby is born. No, no, this is not the plan. This is not the plan. It's not how it works. And the people that were stuck in the plan and didn't embrace the disruption missed the greatest blessing known to humanity. So let's not be those people. Let's not be those people that hold back from the disruptions, that get stuck in a plan and don't see what God is doing in our lives, that he's actually with us in every moment. And be our plans in every day, be our plans in a mum or plans in, you know, our life in general or big disruptions or little disruptions, that they actually are something that can move us forward. And my husband, he actually just um, went on a big disruption a couple of weeks ago, he actually walked the Bimlin track. For the first time, he did a week from dwelling up to Collie. It's about 140 Ks. And he did that solo, right? It's his first time. There's no towns between that time there. You're out in the middle of the bush, right? And um, he packed his pack and he's, you know, he'd kind of done research stuff, but this is his first time doing this. And it was really funny because every woman that I told was like, oh my gosh, you can't let your husband do that. And every um, man that I told went, oh my gosh, I wish I could do that. So it was quite funny. But, um, but off he went and his first leg was actually in the dark. So I actually watched him disappear with a torch into like the pitch black. And I'm like... Hi, sweetie. I'll see you in a week, I hope. And, um, and off he went. And he said by the, first, the second day, he realised his pack was way too heavy, that he was actually buckling under the weight. And he had this choice. I either go back and then go, I'm sorry, 
Chelsea, pick me up. Pick me up. I can't do this. Or he had to change his plan. And so Matt actually, when he was at this hut, actually had to look, pull his pack apart and actually pack up a lot of it and leave it there with a request from the ranger to bring it back for him so that he could then reduce down what he was taking, change his plan to then keep going on what the idea was for what he wanted for his life. And I think about that in reference to us because sometimes we have this plan and we start with all these ideas and all these ways it's going to be done and we start out on this new direction and then we start going and we realise, oh my gosh, like I can't do this. This actually physically is not going to work. And we have an option. We can turn back and we can say, you know what, I'm going to step out of this. I got this wrong. This isn't a blessing. This isn't an opportunity. This is something to push away from. And we can go back to what we used to do. Or we can rethink. We can take everything down. We can open it up. We can change our plan. We can let go of things that we need to. And we can recalculate that route and we can keep going and we can discover something in ourselves that we didn't know that we actually could do and it changes us and it grows us to a new path a new development further than we've ever been before see these disruptions if we can embrace them in ourselves we're going to be able to walk further grow beyond what we ever think is capable and imagine if we teach the children around us to think the same Imagine if the next generation, that was their norm, that they realised that it's not failure, it's feedback, that I'm allowed to get to the point in the road and I'm allowed to strip off things and go, hey, that's not working, let me retry this again. But this is an opportunity for me to change and grow forward. Imagine if that's what the next generation sees as normal. So we can start to do that within ourselves and we can start to do that with the children around us. Be that your biological kids, be them your um, grandchildren or be the beautiful kids that are around you because we grow these kids together. And imagine if for ourselves we start thinking like that because there's a God that causes everything to work together for the good of those who love Him. And if you're called according to His purpose, because if you've accepted that, He's going to walk you on that path You might have to change things, strip things over, etc. and so forth. That's not failure. That it doesn't reflect on your value as a person. That's just an opportunity to go recalculating and then go a different way. And I want to encourage you today. If you're a mum and you go, oh my gosh, I never get this right. Guess what? Those disruptions can actually be a blessing. And if you're somebody else in here that goes, oh my goodness, there's so many things right now that I'm working. Guess what? that disruption can be your blessing. I want to bless you today. I want you to have a wonderful Mother's Day, be it you being a mother or be it that a different experience you have of this day. But this disruption can be a blessing and you serve a God that works everything together for the good of you.